Hello, and welcome to the Car Clinic Apodaholics podcast with Glenn Power from Sandance Tire and myself, James Pikeway. For the next 50 minutes or so, we're going to be talking to you about some of the most important and burning issues with respect to automobiles, auto repair, and a whole bunch more. This is the Car Clinic. Well, what, you know, I, I got to say this morning, as and, and we're, we are coming to you from the Rove Hotel, the Rove yeah, Way of Podcasting. Home. I know. Spiritual home. I don't know what, what happened. We, we hadn't been at the Rove for so long, and now we're sitting up in Dow number four today. Yeah. Uh, got in, you know what I love about the Rove? Aside from the fact that that pool is jammed out there, uh, again, I thought maybe we should just set up at a picnic table. A little distracting with all of the coconut-scented suntan oil being used. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But uh, I got to say, the lightning-fast Wi-Fi in here. Yeah. I think it's even faster than Nexa's Wi-Fi. We've been at Andrew's place, DigitalNexa.com. I'm thinking it's faster here than his. I'm only asking Andrew about that. I'm in real trouble with my Wi-Fi. Oh, not my Wi-Fi, my internet in general. So are you at a lot? Mm. So Andrew had told me, because they were advertising that, you know, we're going to bump up everyone's speed a little bit. And he had told me that you just got to call them. Yeah, I've been doing that. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it has it's slowed down. You know what? My... uh, Neanderthal way of looking at it is actually like they just bumped everybody up and then they're like, oh, we haven't got the bandwidth for that. That's a possibility. You know? Yeah. So it's like uh, my wife's at home because we stream most of the things we okay. watch. Yeah, that's, that's Pretty too. much everything we watch, we stream. And, um, you know, my wife's at home and she'll say, oh, no, I managed to watch a few series, a few episodes of this, blah, 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 this, this. And I was like, yeah, great. I come home and I want to watch like whatever. And it's like buffering. Or it's like yeah. watching it on a... 144 pixel quality. Yeah. Like Isn't that great. the worst when the, when the buffer oh. thing comes on? You're right in the middle of your Netflix. You can and tell it's, it's going to happen, can't yeah. you? It's, all of a sudden, everyone's <laughs> face has gone fuzzy. And then it's like, great. Yeah, it's I'll done go and put the kettle on. Yeah, yeah. we're done for. Yeah. We're done for. Yeah. That's a real problem. Car clinic, by the way. If yeah, you wonder cars. Yeah, yeah, all about the cars. cars yeah. so when do we ever get yeah. this? <laughs> Yeah. Here's a good one. So I was away in South Africa, hmm. met up with friends who I hadn't seen in 35 years. Go nice. figure. Everyone looked pretty much the same. What did you same. talk about? 35 years of content. <laughs> it's like, it's, can you imagine? It's it was it was actually kind of fun because my wife had only heard of all these people, and then she meets these people, and they remember James as 18 years old, and they go, "James is a lot more quiet than he used to be." <laughs> <laughs> my so wife you, goes, apparently, you're quieter now. <laughs> apparently. Oh. <laughs> So your wife was taken aback by this. She's going, really? He was. <laughs> there was more. Yeah. yeah. So it was. It was kind of cool to have all those stories and and the opportunity to to meet all these these folks again because you know thirty five years is a long time. Yeah. Then so that was kind of fun. And uh, what was interesting was we we rented cars. So I drove the whole time. Obviously went the cheapest route, but you know, name brand rental companies. Yep. I ended with a Toyota and a Nissan. The Nissan was a little old school, but new school. Go mm. figure that one out. Nice. So the, the Toyota, some brand I've never heard, some make I've never heard of in Toyota. I don't know what, what it was. It was something that we don't sell here. Uh, and, and it didn't even look like something we sold here, but <laughs> which was kind of, and I thought, oh, this is going to be great. And I get in, I didn't like it. Oh. it you know, I had the, 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 all the, the dials and all that, all the instrumentation in the center mm. because you don't really need to look at it anyway. Mm. And it just drove me nuts. Yeah. It just, just absolutely drove me nuts. And then of course you had the, uh, the uh, other issue was I'm used to driving North American style and driving here. So we're on, you know, we're European style. We're on the other side of the road, which is fine. But I went the cheap route, right? So cheap route gets you manual transmission. Gotta love it. Gotta, I know. I mean, sure. and I was I was making sure these vehicles they <laughs> safari. 
<laughs> straight through the um, reserve, yeah. So the, what, what becomes interesting, though, is there's a lot of hills. Uh, <laughs> forgetting <laughs> to change. <laughs> forgetting to change. Gears are on the well, wrong side it, for you. You're, you. Yeah, gears are on the wrong side, so you're, I'm constantly whamming it into second or third. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting it into third. So instead of hitting first, I'm putting it into third. So nice. uh, And then you're on a hill, and all yeah. I'm thinking is the guy's parked right up on my bumper, and I'm thinking, yeah. what are you, an idiot? Yeah. <laughs> don't you see this is a rental car? <laughs> can't, can't you see I don't know what I'm doing? <laughs> yeah. But it was it was a lot of fun. And, and and in that sense, these two these two rentals became kind of interesting. So the Nissan won out for me. Uh, old school instrumentation right in your face. And you know, complete analog. The the yeah. Toyota was digital. Was the little city compact? Yeah, I they, wonder so if they, the Toyota was it an Igo or an IQ? So it was a little bit bigger than that. It was so I had a mic. It was the Nissan Micra is what I was okay. driving, and then whatever Toyota has in the same category, uh, badged something. I think it started with an E. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was it was quite different, but so both of them the same size, and I think the Micra won my heart more. Uh, it sounded more like a truck. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> whereas the nice. the Toyota was quiet, whereas this this Nissan sounded rough in a good way, um, and rough in a good way, rough in a good way. <laughs> Put <laughs> the, that on t shirt. Yeah, rough in a good, can you imagine? <laughs> uh, what, what also made the Nissan nice was that I, it had a, a a little bit tighter of a, a transmission. So mm. when you're whamming it into those gears, you really did feel like you were hitting a race car. You didn't want to be going any higher than 120 Ks. It didn't no. seem to, it really didn't no. seem to have. And, and it was the same old thing. If you had the air, air on, you're in South Africa, sometimes uh, yeah. you want to have those windows. Yeah. Good luck. I, I got the turbo boost when I took yeah. the air off. <laughs> yeah, turn everything off. <laughs> so, so, but the Nissan was also interesting because the power windows on the front, but uh, Armstrong in the back. Yeah. And I thought, okay, this is... Yeah, this is this is cool. Proper spec up rental. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. So and and the the Nissan got way better gas mileage than the Toyota. So I don't know what was going on there. A one point three liter engine in the Toyota, one point seven liter in the Nissan, and it got better gas mileage. So it was a micro active, whatever that means. Wow. Yeah. That's okay. That's that's referring to the people in the back having to wind the yeah. windows up and down all the time. That, that is exactly what I <laughs> They're thought. They're the active ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they're a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Those things. But what what got me thinking about these this manual transmission and you know so there's a lot of clutch work going on. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, in Cape Town, as I was driving around there for four days and down to Cape of Good Hope, uh, I started wondering, how do you know if you're burning out the clutch? Oh, you'll smell it. <laughs> Well, there was a smell at one point, and I wasn't sure if it was coming from my vehicle or the other vehicles on the hill because uh, I wasn't riding the clutch. But there, there was a little bit of play when you're, uh, you know, coasting backwards as you're trying to get some grab off that transmission. <laughs> <laughs> the fear coming in, right? So you're, <laughs> you can picture it, can't you? Oh, I can picture it. <laughs> yeah, you know. I feel your pain because it's exactly the same thing happened to me. I've been here like two weeks and uh, we drive on the wrong side of the road over here for an Englishman anyway. And um, the first vehicle I drove once I got my license, literally went over to the RTA center, Yeah, took my UK license in the little shed. Yeah. I think it's still there actually, yeah, same thing. <laughs> little eye test and uh, go and print your license. And then... Um, the owner of the, the well, the general manager said, "Okay, take the uh, Hilux to our Rashadir workshop." I mean, I'll, no, sorry, I was in Rashadir. Take the Hilux to our Alcu's workshop. All right, he needs to go and collect something with it. So I guess in this old school, 
manual Hilux. And I'm like, well, I've never driven here. I don't know where to go. Yeah. I've done this trip once and this is manual and it's on the wrong side. Yeah. Oh man, that so, was a bad trip. Well, it's, it's your, so you're concentrating being on the, the yeah. correct side of the road. First Spatial of all, Spatial awareness is yeah. one it totally thing, changes. Just, I mean, which line do you stay close? Oh, it's yeah. Bad. And, and you're looking in the rearview mirror and the rearview mirror now is on the wrong because you're looking up to, you know, <laughs> for me, I was looking up, always looking for the rearview mirror in the wrong place. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's crazy. And then if you're riding, driving that Hilux manual transmission, yeah. then you got to be thinking not only what's going on around me, but hold on, I got to get it into gear. Yeah. Yeah. The gear lever was like as long as my leg. <laughs> yeah. Right. Reaching up to reach the top of it to pull it back. And then it's like, there's no load in the back and it's got agricultural springs on it for when it's fully loaded. So it's like bouncing around on the yeah, road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a baptism of fire, yeah. if you want to call it that. But yeah, um, so I feel your pain. So I know exactly what you're talking about. But you know, just stop, put the parking brake on. That's it. Let the clutch bite and away you go. That's exactly it. And, and you know, let people pass you. I said, yeah, I'm just no go rush. past. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I'm on holiday, I'm chill. Rookie here. So yeah. I was like, what do you care? <laughs> yeah, just, just be cool. <laughs> just be cool. Oh man, but uh, we we relied heavily on on Google Maps. But everyone there who I was talking to, they were all using Waze. They loved Waze. People so. keep pushing me for Waze. Hey, Andrew mentioned it last week on yeah. the pod, actually, um, asking me about uh, apps and stuff. And and I, I I've always been a Samsung guy since Nokia died. Yeah. And uh, I think I went from an N ninety seven to a Galaxy S two. And then it's always had Google. It's obviously Android, yeah. so Google. So stuck with Google Maps, but loads of people here. They look Waze. Love Waze, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't really know the yeah, yeah, difference. Yeah. I've never I've never been taken to the wrong place by Google Maps. So. Well, that's it. So everyone's using Waze. They're sending me Waze coordinates, and I'm just using my Google Maps. It yeah. worked well. Yeah. So it was it was pretty easy. Yeah. Hey, what's, go, what's going on in the shop these days, by the way? Because, uh, yeah, I, I mean, with Sandance Tire is where you are. Yeah. And and uh, it's it's funny because I sent I sent uh, Borat over uh, to to hook up with you guys to okay. get some repairs to his vehicle a Beamer or something I don't know what he's driving okay and uh, and I said Sandance Tire and he said uh, Tire. they do more than tires right and I said absolutely <laughs> the Elko's branch <laughs> yeah yeah we do uh, everything and it's um, it's a busy period again it's it's just rained a lot and it's still quite cool out there yeah you know it's um so the ac word that started to appear when everyone was like oh it's 24 degrees now and yeah. too hot again it's humid <laughs> and it's like degrees. all of a sudden it's it's you know we've kind of acclimatized to it and then the rain came and cooled it down again and we've kind of had a a, a run of of brake noises and and uh-huh. suspension squeaks and stuff like that and it's just you know water gets in there something yeah. that's already dusty makes a bit of a paste and things start to creak and yeah. and wear away so it's it's been a lot of that um i think i've got two vehicles in at the minute which oh, i drove through a puddle and now i've got a noise and oh. those kind of things yeah. and so yeah it was it was interesting driving through rasalkama the other day after the big rain and uh i mean i'm i'm talking 10 10 30 in the morning and uh i've left at nine so an hour and a half and I've done maybe two kilometers. Really? Yeah, and there's there's cars floating in water, and and then you know, and then you'll see the the uh, Prados and and Land Cruisers and and patrols coming out and through the water with water going up over the bonnet. Yeah, they can't see it. At that moment, you're blind. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, man, you need to slow down a bit. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's caused a lot of issues for a lot of people, and and 
the lucky ones, it's just squeaks and noises that they didn't notice before. Um, but uh, do, they t- do those kind of squeaks and noises tend to go away, or do they just? Can, Not really. Once nah. it's happened, it's it's, it's it. happened. I mean, it, which really sus- annoys someone if their car didn't. Squeak. Yeah. So in a suspension, it, it tends to be that the water just gets in there and it it, it, it just washes stuff away. You know, it just washes so the grease away or, or, or whatever. Yeah, and it, it, it you know if there's, if there's greasing components, it. The water's not clean, especially if it's water from the road rather than just rainwater pure. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, there's sand and dust and diesel and oil and stuff from people's cars, and it, it just gets everywhere and um, breaks wheels. Uh, it, it, it's literally, I, I can think of off the top of my head in the last few days, five or six people that have just called me and said, I've been through the water and I've got this problem. So, so what do you, like if they've got a squeak in their suspension? Are you do you try to figure out what it is and see? Do we yeah. do we lubricate it? Do we remove the component? Do we? Well, we've got to go through a process, right? So the first thing we've got to do is is well, first thing we need to know is is the car safe? Yeah. So we're gonna. Well, that's and that's got to be people's concern right yeah. off the bat. It's like, oh, so, I went through this puddle and now my car's yeah. making this god awful noise. Exactly. Yeah. So you have got to inspect it visually, make sure you can see, and and we're hoping from a customer's perspective that we don't find anything that makes it unsafe yeah um, but then from our point of view we also want to see a deliberate uh, a definite sorry a definite issue right yeah. because if we don't see a definite issue then what do you do i mean yeah. you can't you can't go around and just spray white grease everywhere um, yeah. and i hope that you fix the problem because it's going to fix it potentially for a day yeah. but the problem's coming back and and, so and then they'll be tweeting about you saying oh <laughs> exactly yeah glenn didn't do anything yeah yeah so thanks for the recommendation yeah they did nothing but um no it's 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 all about making sure the car's safe and then you've got to have a look around. Sometimes you can replicate the noise on the lift, but most of the time it's only on the road. Yeah. So unless you're going to strap yourself to the underneath of the car <laughs> and, and drive around with a stethoscope on everything. You almost need one of those. You know, you know, some kind of, I'm surprised someone hasn't created this for the automotive industry. Maybe they have. Some kind of electronic gizmo that works off Bluetooth and Wi-Fi or Bluetooth that you, you can put these speaker sensors underneath. They... They magnetize up and I'm pretty sure it's just a, 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 a purely a matter of suspension systems aren't that complex. So what they, do we, what do, when be. we talk suspension, someone's everyone hears, you know, I gotta go in and get my suspension done. You yep. go by a garage, it says suspension, and I, I'm pretty sure nine out of ten people go okay, whatever that is. Yeah, so anything that suspends the weight of the vehicle. So you can that starts with the tires and the air inside the tires. Okay. That's the first thing if you go from the ground up. Um, and then pretty much the way to look at suspension at beyond that is and what we classically talk about when we say suspension is anything that connects the chassis or body of the car to the right. wheels and allows them to move springs, independent to shocks. each other. So springs, uh, shocks, dampers, um, arms, uh, mm. bushes, uh, and all the nuts and bolts that go with it. Mm. And that's all the stuff that we forget that exists in vehicles. Yeah. When it's working, it's really working. Certain Certain brands of car, the people that own those don't forget they exist because they change them every service. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, you know, it's it's any, yeah. anything that allows the independent movement, say, from of the body of the car to the wheels, that that's basically suspension. And yeah, most people just think of a coil spring, yeah, or a, or a leaf spring, um, and and a, a shock or a damper, and and that's that's it. But but it's it's a lot more complex than that I'm, in terms of parts and at least i remember 30 years ago maybe 35 years ago that you'd have a whole bunch of grease nipples underneath there as yeah, well, yeah. And you'd be pulling your grease gun out and yeah. here there and everywhere and then and you'd be doing that every oil change yeah. or maybe even between the oil yeah changes. that's right yeah grease those were good days yeah they were they were <laughs> it was easier it, it just you could 
work on your own car. Yeah. You know, um, and he, but even, even, you know, even if that was the case now for us, certainly for us recording this here where we live, you know, most people don't have the luxury of anywhere to do that anyway. Which is the other problem, right? And, and yeah. you know, are you, city living, high, high rise buildings. Good no, luck. Yeah. So, you're going to do that in the garage because yeah. inevitably you're going to be calling a tow truck anyway yeah. if you start doing any repairs. <laughs> <laughs> I had the neighbor who that was always the problem. He'd always be out there doing brakes or doing this. And yeah. I'd be looking and it's like, oh, more yeah. parts are coming off. And it's like, oh. Yeah. And then. Here comes triple. <laughs> Every time, every time. You and your wife have got like, the family all sat around running a book. Yeah. How long is it going to be till the AAA truck arrives? Yeah, yeah. It's literally every time. Yeah. And and it was like the guy never learned. And he was a great guy, but he just never learned. It's like, guy for having a go, but yeah. pick your battles, mate. Yeah. Hey, yeah. you never know. There was there, I, there was an Emirati woman who works at Toyota. Uh, she, when I say, yeah, you know, she's probably in her mid forties now. From Alain, mm. and I, so I'm not sure if she's working here at Toyota or in Alain, probably in Alain. Yeah. Uh, workshop manager, I think, okay. at this point, who cut her teeth. She did, she did auto mechanic stuff. She learned herself and then went to school with it. And she uh, would soup up her brother's Land Cruisers. Love it. And learned the auto trade to the point that, you know, she ended up working for Toyota. Yeah. And doing the job. Yeah. I'd, 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 I've um, we've mentioned it before. I'd, I'd love to. I could be your daughter. Do that. <laughs> well, no, I don't want my daughter doing it. You don't want her in the trade. No, and she keeps saying, oh, "I like cars, Daddy." No, you don't. <laughs> so no. She might be really good at it. Not that she wouldn't be good at it. I'm sure she could be good at anything she wanted, but yeah. don't do it. I don't want her to do yeah, it. Yeah. She'll do what she wants, though. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. Doesn't matter what you I'm say. I'm wasting my breath, to be honest. <laughs> boys or girls, they're going to mm. do what they want, my friend. Oh, yeah, yeah. It does not matter. I have two boys, and they do what they want. It doesn't yeah. matter the good advice yeah. you give them. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see where she goes with it. But no, I'd, I'd love to. Um, I'd love to teach that out here. I, I really, really would. I really wish there were more trade schools. And this was a yeah. big issue, uh, South Africa way, talking with a bunch of folks, is that the, the whole trade school cycle, so folks who are going to learn carpentry or plumbing or auto mm. mechanics, they seem to have all dried up. They've all disappeared. And and so I, I said to folks, I said, so hold on, if you've got someone coming and doing brickwork at your house, where'd they learn how to do it? And he's like, yeah, that's the good question, isn't it? So yeah. a lot of folks leave country to learn the skills. I, they learn on the job. I, I have no idea. And this was a big complaint people had, that it's really hard to find that skilled labor now. You know, I, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know how it is here, because obviously I've never really looked much into it. You know, you kind of come here and you get on with the job and, and stuff, and, and they just seem to have an answer for everything. So you just assume everything's in hand. But can't think of anywhere that 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 does um like trade training i know the higher colleges of technology and the men's college which is right next to zayed where i am in yeah. academic city that they've got a, an affiliation with gm and they're doing some work over there okay but if you're not a national i don't know where you'd go and i'm not so sure how many nationals are heading into the car repair business i mean yeah. i just don't know because i'm not seeing that output anywhere yeah i mean I, I i wouldn't i don't know i wouldn't even know where to go i mean i you know that there's there's got to be some appetite for it yeah you know it's the kind of thing like we take for granted in the uk where there's night classes for it and there's day exactly. classes for it and there's there's college training courses for it and, and the same at home i mean if you know, i want to be a mechanic i'm going to go and i'm going to go to college yeah. and i'm going to take three years of yeah. 
auto mechanic, then I'm going to, you know, training and then I'm going to apprentice and away we go. Or I do plumbing or I do yeah. electrical or I do air conditioning and, yeah. and that's, you know, cabinet making. I don't know where we do that here. Yeah, I have no idea. And I, like I say, if the right people are listening, I'd be willing to, um, even if I didn't lead the courses, to at least give some input in it. But yeah. I, it's the kind of thing I'd like to do because I, I always remember, I think everyone remembers they're good school teachers. Yeah. And I think I was lucky because I had a lot, but I, I remember every single one of the of the people involved in my training as a mechanic, and that that Which goes is, pretty, the, that goes to the current day because you learn that, every day. But you know, I remember every single one of them, yeah. and 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 I, th- I just think that there's not many things you can do now, like where you can start with a problem, open it apart, fix it, put it back together, and see it work again. Yeah, there's not many people that you not not, and and I, I feel like that's something fundamentally human. <laughs> that you need that satisfaction, right? Yeah. That you, it's, you know, my phone breaks. Oh, well, there's a new model been out. Two new models. I'll just yeah. buy a new one because yeah. to fix it, I can't fix it. I'm going to have yeah. to pay someone else to fix it. Uh, washing machine, microwave, radio. Yeah. You know, people used to fix these things. Yeah. And um, and it's the same for a car. And, and I just feel like it'd be good to, to stop because we're set up certainly here in the UAE for autonomous cars, autonomous Taxis, helicopters, everything they're talking yeah, it's about. All right? and it's all, all coming. All electric, it's coming fast. Yeah, and all the electric vehicles. But I, we spoke about this at Auto Mechanica last year. There's a lack of skills. And, and why why bring people in from the outside to fill your skill gaps when yeah. you can train the guys you've got? Well, and I just think there's a whole bunch of expats as well who, you know, my kids, maybe, you know, my one son did engineering stuff. And mm. okay, he could have gone to SAE and stayed here and done it there. But what if he wanted to be a cabinet maker? Or what if he wanted to yeah. do, be an auto mechanic and follow in his brother's, or his, his, my, my brother's footsteps? Yeah. Where would he have done that training here? And and I, you know, we're, we're really we're really rich for universities, but training colleges. Yeah. Not yeah. really. Yeah, it's um, it's 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 very kind of no, weird. No real vocational. Yeah, yeah. It it is what it is. I suppose it, it, it's worked for so long, and they've got to where they've got to with yeah. such a short space of time that they're obviously, without saying much smarter than you and I, and they figured it out, and they yeah. they obviously don't need it. But I just feel like it, or it's it coming. Maybe sense, it's, maybe know? there's a wave, and they they yeah. they're sorting out one one element, and they're going to hit the other element. It'll be interesting yeah. to see because in the next twenty years. Clearly, you're not going to want to be importing yeah. all of your tradesmen. You know what? The most common, the most common sort of thing that that, that is said between myself and, our, and and the staff of, of our business and, and and all the companies I've worked at is, oh, we never see this in our country. Yeah. So it'd be great to employ someone trained locally. Yeah. Because they would have seen it because they were trained on that. You know, my background, I, I see cars from from Volkswagen here and Audi. And I think, man, yeah, I've, you know, I've got absolutely no idea if. I know anyone, let alone did it myself, that ever had that issue on a car back home in the yeah. workshop. And we've seen hundreds of cars a day. Yeah. And then you come here and you might see two or three a week. Yeah. It's like, that doesn't happen there. So then you, you're almost at a point, well, what is my value? Because my experience isn't really relevant, mm. you know, to a certain mm. level. Yeah, you can yeah. only go so far with it. And I, I think if you could have, them, if you could have a, a local skill pool to, to, to take people from, and uh, that would then also allow me to give something back, right? I can yeah. train train people um, that are already in the country, and, and I just feel like it would work in, in both ways. And 
something's got to happen with the electric car shift because there isn't anybody yeah. ready for that. No, it's, so it's, it makes it's, sense to do it now. It's going to be very interesting, isn't yeah. it? And there's so much happening down this electric car route. It's it's incredible uh, the, the way they're being pushed in China now and, and yeah. the varieties of groups who are doing that. And it, it is coming. It's going to be a tsunami of electric vehicles. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. as you as you said, and we and this is you you mentioned Auto Mechanica. We talked about this last year at at Auto Mechanica. And I don't know if that's happened again this year. I haven't heard anything about Auto. I don't know if they do. It, it is it is on. It's but, on. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. I can't remember the exact yeah. dates. Yeah. yeah. So I, if you get a chance to head down there, all all the auto parts you could ever want from around the world oh, yeah. converge here, yeah. and they do. Uh, they they have some of the speaking series and stuff. And and so you and I were both there last year. Yeah. And, and we were talking about this exact thing. Is that okay? Just the skill set to work on these vehicles. Like you've got suspension things, which might be common, but then suddenly you've got all sorts of issues with the electric motors delivering to the powertrain and all those items to be repaired. The the computer systems that might need to be repaired. Are you tied to your dealer or can you go off plan? Yeah. And, and who's going to be able to work with that? Yeah. And, and that was something that they did their own survey, as I remember it. And that was the biggest concern of the industry is that, you know, this is coming and we're not ready. Yeah. And and, and then we, we sat and listened to the, uh, oh, I forget the, the name of the guy that, from the RTA. Yeah. And uh, the stuff they've got planned. Yeah. And that they'd already <laughs> implemented. And, and you think to yourself, wow, that's frightening because who's handling that? Yeah. And, and obviously somebody is at the moment, but. You know, and, and something else, right? So imagine, take a Tesla. They're such an intelligent vehicle and they're so connected to your, the rest of your life. You know, there's also, there's got to be some kind of training towards data protection. Yeah. Surely. Well, that's, and that's what Amazon's got a big issue with now. And Google has got that going on yeah. as well. But these things are trolling and constant collecting and recording yeah. all sorts of data. Yeah. They're saying it's a, it, it, in, in the, the larger scheme of things and the more philosophical level, but maybe not, they're saying this is a human rights issue now. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's how, how some folks well, I can, are. I can tell you right now, that, that, as I've just said, I can remember everybody that ever taught me anything about cars and, and all but one of them stand up guys that, that I would. Um, you know, go for a drink with, and 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 I'd, I'd love to, and I still speak to one of them actually regularly. He's here, but none of them would. If I said to them, oh, "I'm just filling out a data protection sheet for a service," or you know, yeah. um, I, I mentioned it to Andrew actually last week when I when I sort of left the working with my mentor and was then working independently, quote unquote, but on the lift next to him. Um, I was, uh, I quickly picked up a lot of things and I was bringing, uh, vehicles in for misfires or mm. hard starting or things like that. Judders, vibrations. And I was, I was bringing them in. He was obviously seeing my job card cause he'd have to sign them off cause it was part of my training. I wasn't even lifting them up. I was plugging them in, figuring out the issue and then solving them with software updates. And I'm asking him to sign my job off and he's yeah. saying, you've not even lifted, <laughs> you've not even opened the bonnet. How have you fixed that? Yeah. And it, and he he couldn't grasp that yeah then yeah so not now and i know there's always a natural wastage in the industry and in, in two or three or five years time i'm going to be way out of it if i don't keep myself interested and involved and and tutors will always be replaced and stuff like that but the rev and it is a revolution in the car trade right now yeah there's n absolutely no education can't be that quick. Yeah. These people that are putting these cars out, there's absolutely no way there's been time to train enough people. 
Well, it's you know, in in a sense, I think the, the automotive industry with the electronic nature of it that's coming, and and forget about the fact that it's electronic cars. Just the yeah, it's the, just a kit on the car. Well, the ability to monitor the vehicle, and yeah. I, I hear this all the time from people who work in the airline industry that those aircraft, and let's use Emirates as an example, they're they're IPs. They're an IP. They've yeah. got an IP address to that vehicle. Yeah. And some of these pilots will be flying, and they'll get a phone call from head HQ saying, "Hey, do you want to check the oil and engine number two? And they're, you know, they're going, "Oh, yeah, okay, hold on." And they look over, and, "Okay, yeah, there is a, a little bit of a spike there." And they say, "Well, it looks okay from here, but just keep your eye on it." Yeah. And I'm thinking, we're coming to the day very soon where someone like yourself is is going to be more of a programmer, computer yeah. monitor, troubleshooter. Getting in touch with people at the end of the day, sending them a note saying, "Hey, you know, we were just monitored this on your car and noticed that your, you know, your left brake is pulling a little bit more than the right brake, and yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe you want to bring this thing in." The interesting one for me is, you know, when we all go autonomous, and it's going to have, it's going to happen, and and it yeah. probably will be. It's going to change our it's whole gonna, driving it's culture be within the generation, right? It's yeah. going to be twenty, twenty-five years. I, I can't see why it wouldn't. But so in that situation, then you've got to then design your vehicles to be able to communicate. Autonomous vehicles are going to have to communicate with each other, right? So then you're going to have to make it that your vehicle has to be safe. And it's not like we just say it now to to, to, to customers. We, we make sure you're safe for yourself and other road users. It physically is going to have to be that case because if your autonomous systems aren't working or your vehicle's yeah. not fit for road use, you're going to potentially damage it. And the cars are f- going to know that. Yes. Now, if your vehicle's due a service or there's a fault on it, which is picked up by the onboard systems, would that then mean the factory would have control to allow, uh, not to allow you to take that vehicle on the road and they would automatically send a truck and they would take it in? Or or if it's autonomous, it automatically goes Automatically drives into the workshop, yeah. Can you imagine you get home and your car yeah. leaves? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think it would be cool if your car leaves and you get a loaner. You yeah. know, the loaner arrives <laughs> yeah. and it just goes on its own. But you know, that this is a genuine... That's that we we're actually not far away from no right and and then you know it's going to be able to do it all online with the system it's going to make its own appointment and it's going to take itself can into you imagine it. why wouldn't it do that that's going to change the whole industry like there is and again this was at auto mechanica they were saying the industry will be revolutionized yeah. and there will be a lot of those who keep up with the change and and morph with the change are going to succeed and yeah. there's going to be a lot of people falling by the wayside. Yeah, yeah. And, and there will be a buffer zone of 10 to 20 years where the old vehicles kind of slowly get off the road and the trucks and the cars, cars will probably go quicker. But yeah. the, that buffer zone, and I, I liken that buffer zone to when we got rid of, you know, back to the video cassette days when the mm. beta died and VHS was the, yeah. the, 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 the king of the, the territory. And then as beta found its way out, they were still there, yeah, yeah, for a good but that, ten that, years. That, that period of ten years there, yeah. But I can, I can. You think, think it'll go a lot quicker? I, yeah, I can think back to the DVD that didn't last ten years. Yeah, did it? VHS, yeah, yeah, no, VHS, VHS didn't last ten years after DVD. Yeah, yeah, maybe two or three. Yeah. So you know, it's. Um, I mean, look at it now. Do you buy DVDs? No. I don't no, buy. DVDs. I don't even buy CDs anymore. I stream everything yeah. or download it. Yeah. That was quick, wasn't it? A little Max. bit of vinyl. Still got some vinyl. Yeah, well, that, here, that's the other thing. When yeah. and that's the same. That, that's okay. like the retro thing. It goes yeah. back. That goes to the car thing but as well. Yeah. There'll always be a need for 
There's but, no way that's all they're going to outlaw. But, you know, I think we're going to run into these. This, you know the issue we're going to run into? You're not going to outlaw them. You're just not going to be able to drive them anywhere. Yeah. So, or maybe only outside of the city because in the city, in the autonomous, yeah. in the autonomous zone, Zones, yeah. it's only going to allow, auto- yeah. it's completely monitored. You're going to hit the autonomous zone. There won't be accidents. These vehicles will be all dialed in. They're talking to each other. They're rerouting. Yeah. So they're not going to, they don't want me yeah. driving my vehicle in because I'm going to mess up the autonomous structure. Yeah. And so then they're only going to allow you in the non-autonomous zone, wherever yeah. that is. Yeah. Hopefully they keep it to the fun roads. Yeah. So you can take your GTI out still. Yeah. No, it, I mean, it sounds like we're talking pie in the sky, like an episode of the Jetsons or something. I think, but it's, it's really, I think you're right, though. It's, I, I, I genuinely, and it's not like I'm excited about it. Like, you know, yeah. I'm really genuinely looking forward to it. It's not like I'm, I'm frightened by it or I'm hoping it doesn't happen or I'm being Luddite or anything like that. But the fact of the matter is, um, it's just a, ge- a genuine. I'm very keen to to have had some kind of worth to my job, yeah. and I just think, you know, you, you could end up just leaving nothing, and 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 if if all this if all this happens that quick, mm. that well, then you become a you become a brake and suspension guy. Well, exactly, exactly. Like but what's left to work on as a why, traditional mechanic? You know, Tires, you, brakes, and suspension. Tires, brakes, suspension. Yeah. Yeah, Everything but, else is electronic. You, know, you want to just, you, I just want to put something back, and I just yeah. want to, I want to give pe- give people a chance to get involved because this opens the motor trade up to people that would not necessarily coders, yeah, coders exactly, and programmers, yeah. the people that would not want to be a mechanic. Yeah. When I told my mum I was going to be a mechanic, I was like, "Mum, forget about it. I'm not going to university. I'm just going to go and be a mechanic. All my mates are jobs. Yeah. They've all got money. I don't want to. I can't be bothered. So I'm going to go and do it." And she looked at me and went, "I'm being a baby." You never liked having your hands dirty. <laughs> and the first thing I can say about my job is it's a dirty job. Yeah. You know, it's a, it is Grease a, it's a genuinely a dirty job and it is oil. by necessity as well. Yeah. Under your fingernails. Yeah. Even if you're wearing the gloves. The gloves split and yeah. you know what you're going to do, you know, oh, I can't do that and he's going to get some gloves. So by necessity, it's a, it's a dirty, ugly, sweaty, messy job. But like I said, even 10, 15 years ago when I was starting out, I was fixing cars without opening the bonnet. Can you imagine? And and that's going to be the case now. And that is the case now on a on not not an isolated incident on most incidents of, of yeah. vehicle repairs. You know, so what what it does then is it opens up people that want to do um, IT qualifications, yeah. people that want to do uh, well, programming you, qualifications. You want to learn how to you want to learn how to code so that you can design products and apps and things that are going to go alongside of these vehicles. And because cars are now because these cars are now becoming like fashion accessories yeah designers 3d oh, yeah. printing all, all, all the whole design thing is going to totally open up because now you're going to have everyone in the vehicle yeah. who's going to be looking for entertainment distraction yeah. comfort levels change yeah. the whole configuration of the cabin yeah. changes if yeah. i don't have to drive it exactly yeah it's it, a vehicle is just now just going to be an extension of living room and office yeah literally you know there's there's going to be no more of this sort of oh it's, you know it's got seat belts and airbags yeah, it's still going to have those things, but there's going to be more function to it, yes. and there's going to be more um, leisure. I think involved. It w- you know we'll be listening to these kind of podcasts, you know, twenty years from now, because I know mean, they'll, they'll be just nostalgia. Yeah. People will be listening. Go, can you believe? Can you believe what our grandparents were talking about? Like, yeah, listen yeah. to this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> In the autonomous car, yeah. listening to these podcasts, yeah. going, "This is amazing." Well, it's, it's mental because, like, <laughs> I remember when we uh, back at school and uh, the primary school and my teacher there Mr. Mate his name great guy 
and uh, I hope he's still around because he was a really good teacher. But he said uh, we were doing Industrial Revolution. And he said to us after we'd done about it, went to 1851, Great Exhibition, and then we got to, he said in 1900, there was a famous yeah. uh, British um, engineer or parliamentarian, I forget, uh, who stood up in Parliament and said, everything that's to be invented has been invented. <laughs> in 1900, we'd barely got a car. <laughs> yeah. You know, we'd not even got a production. Started. Henry yeah, Ford hadn't given us a production line. It, it, it was just starting there. There was no phones. Yeah. There's, you know, everything yeah. that's to be invented has been invented. So we've got absolutely no way of foreseeing what's going to happen. And yeah. But it, it, we can read the signs based on what we've seen in the past. Yeah. And, and, and it's already there. Yeah. Everybody seems well, to I, have a I, Tesla now. I, and everyone's got an autonomous... They've, they've, well, they've all, all got the, self-drive option on them. All of the auto automakers now, every single one of them is talking in some way, shape, or form about autonomy by yeah. 2022. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Volkswagen just, you know, with their their newest concept car, electric yeah, car. They're that doing I think all it, over in Shanghai now yeah. with the with the latest electric concepts. And yeah. I think I think that whole thing when they say they're concept cars, I think they're closer to reality. Yeah, it now makes no difference the propulsion they use. No, so it make, somebody comes out with an internal combustion engine that just you know throws rainbows and daffodils out of the exhaust yeah. whether they do that or not the, the autonomous part is the interesting part and right? i think that's I, I think we're kind of getting drip fed with this idea of autonomy they, they keep getting used to it keep getting used yeah, to yeah. it and I, I think we could and we know with 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 the tesla and with the beamers and with the mercedes they all can run autonomous the 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 Lincolns yeah, the yeah. the Cadillacs they can all go 100% autonomous yeah. if you enable it yeah but we're our environment's not ready for the autonomy at this no. point and that's uh, it's all that's it's got to be all or nothing hasn't it that's and that's the big thing is for it to work safely it's got to yeah. be all or nothing and it, yeah. and it's coming like downtown London where they've now got you know uh, you pay a, a fee to drive downtown uh, whatever they call that yeah, a pollution tax yeah. well that's just step one step yeah. two is no cars allowed unless yeah. it's an autonomous vehicle. So you either have one or you park in the lot and you get into the autonomous vehicle when you get yeah. into the city limits. And that's the only way it's going to happen. If you go to Mazda City yeah. now in Abu Dhabi, you park up outside there. And when you go into the city within the city limits, you then get in a vehicle and yeah. it just takes you where you need to go yeah. autonomously. It's kind of like these elevators where you, you tell it, you push the button to where you want to go and the elevator arrives, it go into car three. Yeah. And then it, it stops at whatever floor yeah, yeah. that it know, knew you want to go to. You can't, you can't, make it deviate it just no, no. you know that's autonomy in, in that sector and it, it works pretty good yeah so it's i think it's it's inevitable and i think it's it's kind of scary too in a sense it, and it's not it's only scary in that it means we're getting i think i think it's, it's scary is the wrong word but it means that we're seeing a tectonic shift in oh, yeah, the way yeah. we understand transportation Huge, yeah and we've just you know it's it's not so long that we've been in cars yeah. i mean if you if you really step back and think about it and you you brought the, the airplane thing up yeah um already but you know at 40,000 feet going from here to the UK the pilots aren't involved all the time no you no. know they're, they're, they're monitoring stuff and, well, they, and doing and what they can but most of the pilots I know said you know they're in the time that they've been doing their jobs you know the last 30 years many of them are our are, are mm. age a little bit older they said it's gotten boring it, it you know they're flicking switches they're communicating back to towers every 20 minutes or whatever but for yeah. the most part you hit autopilot you put in the coordinates yeah. now you're a troubleshooter you're watching for okay do we need to deviate do we need to do this do we need to do that but for the most part autopilot's yeah. doing everything yeah and that's thousands of miles yeah. you know we're talking about getting the car through a little city yeah 
That's going to be easier. Right? <laughs> so it's, it's going a lot slower. Yeah, it's, it has a lot less yeah. to worry about. Yeah. You know, and you don't have all these people in it, and you don't have to. You know, if the if you're if you're at forty thousand feet and both of your computers shut down, uh, it, they're all electronic now. Yeah, you've got a you've got an issue. Yeah, you're you're in downtown Dubai, and you know the computer and the backup computer shut down on your autonomous vehicle. It's going to stop. Yeah. And they're all going to stop because they're going to see, oh, there's something in front of us, something in front of us. And, you know, away we go. Yeah. So then I, you get the autonomous flying recovery that hovers <laughs> above you and drops a magnet down, picks you it's up coming, and takes you. It's yeah. coming. Or they just, yeah, yeah, they just move you off. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's got the, the bypass system so we can just push it off the track. Or they just have a gunner in the windows of the tallest building next to you and just blows your car out of the road. It's a piece of junk out of my road. I think with the spidey web. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you, you mentioned misfiring. Is, do we still get cars that misfire these days? I yeah, guess. my van started misfiring. Really? On the way in. Great. On the Just on the way in, just out of, out of nowhere. Mm. What do you think's going on with it? It'll be a HT lead. It's still pretty uh, old school stuff on the engine on that. Yeah, it'll be a high tension wire, um, basically so from the coil to the so spark. So it's like plug, the yeah. distributor cap or something, isn't it? Well, there's no distributor cap on it. It's still a, it's still a, a single coil unit, like okay. an electronic ignition. But There's those um, cables that come off from the spark plugs from to wherever there they're to going. From the plugs, yeah. All right. Yeah, that'll be the case. How often do those things need to be changed? Um, well, it's always any car that has that, um, which is most in some way, shape or form. They've got some form. Well, of a lot of people are direct coil on, uh, coil on spark plugs uh, or they're direct coil packs as they really? call them. So, um, not in my car. No, not in your car. No. <laughs> You're talking futuristic. Americans hung on as long as they could actually, to be fair with their stuff. But then, then VW went back to it in like 2010, 11, they went back to it. Why would, why would they do that? Um, and there was an efficiency reason for it. It was without getting too... Yeah. Technical as well. The actual, um, so so you, so you have a coil that, that breaks down, and the voltage from the breakdown of the field then goes down the wire, and jumps the gap of the spark plug. All right. Okay. Which ignites the fuel. Yeah. So you know we've all seen lightning. Yeah. That's basically just an electric charge, just trying to get to earth as quick as possible, and it's jumping that gap, and that's that's happening on the spark plug just on okay. a much much so, smaller scale. Okay. So the, so we've got to we got to convert that electricity from wherever it's coming through to get all the so way to the spark plug, and then you've got uh you've got some mechanism in between. Yeah, that's right, and um and and that was that's that's basically how it happens. Now those, those when, whenever you change spark plugs, um if you've got that kind of system, it's it's best to just measure the resistance of these wires. Mm. Um, they're, they're getting hot they're getting cold they're constantly being fried internally with the thousands of volts that are going through 40,000 volts at some points really? yeah so they're really they, you know 40,000 really volts and, and fuel underneath that these cars are not they're not high amps um, but you, you know so you measure the resistance of them and, and um, you can get a reading of whether they're starting to break up. You can feel it as well. Okay. Um, but always just check them when you when you're checking the spark plugs and and to be fair, you should check them on on a on a regular service if they're easily accessible. Yeah. So that's that's basically what we recommend. But um, it's most likely just a wire that's that's gone down. And uh, I mean, I've seen spark plugs blow out of engines, and that's obviously <laughs> going to cause a huge misfire. Um, but we so still get misfires. In fact, the 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 how, how do, so if I'm driving my car. How do I know that it's misfiring? What am I going to notice? On a more modern vehicle, the first thing you're going to notice is uh, a lack of power uh-huh. and a, a warning light. Okay. Maybe not in that order. It might be the other way around, but you most likely notice the issue first before the light, even on the most sensitive cars. On the more modern vehicles, what happens is if you have a four-cylinder engine and cylinder number three is misfiring, um, it will now shut the fuel off to that cylinder as well. Ah, okay. So that's got, good. That's good. 
Um, but on the older stuff, when you've got a misfire, that fuel is then just going through unburnt. It'll yeah. start to wash into the oil, which yeah. isn't great um, because uh, petrol, which we're talking about here, with dealing with the spark plug, petrol is not a good lubricant. Yeah. So you don't want that in your oil. And um, then it will also go out through the exhaust on the exhaust stroke, and uh, that will damage the catalytic converter right. very, very quickly. So you definitely don't want that. So on the modern vehicles... They well, it'll then come out as raw fuel out of the back, which is not good for the environment either. So modern vehicles will cut off the fuel okay. uh, to that cylinder. And uh, if you've got a misfire on one cylinder in a, in a V engine, so a six or an eight maybe, um, say you've got on on bank one, you one of your cylinders a misfire, and the engine control system will disable a cylinder on the other side as well to keep it smooth ah, and balanced. Okay. So you'll notice a severe lack of uh, power, but it might not feel as rough. So a classic symptom of a misfire is you know you accelerate in the car really judders and shakes yeah uh, you might not get that on a new car you'll just notice there's less power okay. there'll be a warning light on and uh, it'll tell you to go to the workshop it'd be nice if it sent you an sms and just said hey this is what's going on it's coming <laughs> it's coming <laughs> yeah. a little electronic diagnostic yeah no it's um it's it, your car if you get a if you get a fault code you can read them up on the yeah. display yeah absolutely so i can uh, never seem to get it to show me that those fault codes i know they any, never got any faults james <laughs> Or I'm just giving up. I'm just giving up. <laughs> so no, I mean, it's, hey, touch wood. I haven't had any faults in in in, in the last you know two months. Yeah, I can't think of many. You know, Wranglers they don't really tend yeah. to suffer with many. Certainly, electric faults that leave you fault codes. Yeah, not in the manuals. You used to get yeah. some on the autos, but so, so I've been really happy. Yeah, so far. You you mentioned a judder. What's a judder? So like a, a little bit of a vibration or a shake okay. as you accelerate. So uh, you, you put your foot down and, and it's almost like um, you're being propelled by somebody just constantly punching the back of the car, yeah. not just, you know, just rhythmically rather than just a slow, smooth progression. You're just really just thumping forward. And that, that's just the imbalance of the engine because one okay. cylinder isn't firing properly. So right. it's, it's, it's not rotating the crankshaft by forcing the piston down. It's, it's just using the momentum. To to, mm. be, to be dragged around and that that lack of that power stroke just gives you that judder every now and again. Okay, and you don't want that to go on for too long. No, no, because that's that's giving you uh, it's going to increase the wear of the engine through the fact that it's not smooth and also the fact that you're getting raw fuel in there and your yeah. raw fuel, like I say, will wash all the oil away. Yeah, and uh, and you're not lubricating it properly. So and then yeah, as you keep saying, the catalytic. Every car's got a catalytic converter. Those yeah. darn things are expensive. Yeah, and many vehicles, like mine, I think mine has two. Mm. Well, uh, on each bank, yeah. So that's a, it's horrible because if those things go, you know, yeah. we're looking at yeah. thousands, thousands of dirhams. Thousands of dirhams. Yeah. I think if I if I'm I, I think I did once look at the cost, and I could get an aftermarket for I don't know four thousand dirhams or something. If I wanted to get original, seven to ten thousand yeah, yeah. dirhams, and I have two. Yeah. So hopefully you know, I wouldn't need both, but that's that's a huge amount of money, and that's just the part. Forget about the installation. Yeah, yeah, which, exactly. Yeah, you know, and and then hold on, when they take it out, maybe I need new sensors. Well, you <laughs> take it out, and one of the uh, manifold studs shears off in the head. Yeah, there we go. And you got to get the engine out because you can't get in there to drill yeah, it out. Yeah. So these <laughs> things happen, right? <laughs> this is a realistic everyday occurrence. Yeah. So yeah, you definitely don't. I mean, if it's a catalyst damage misfire, the uh, regulations on OBD are that the engine warning light, the little yellow symbol or yeah. mill light, some people call it as a malfunction indicator lamp, should flash. Mm. It should flash. On, on some vehicles that don't have that symbol, so American vehicles, they have a yellow message that says service engine soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the same thing. 
Yeah. When I when I get my car done at the RTA, when we get our cars done at the RTA, will they pick up the fact because they do the emission test? Will they pick up if I've got you know unburnt fuel coming through? Yeah. So if you've got a misfire and it's not a car that's got a cylinder shut off, you're definitely going to have a high level of hydrocarbon in your exhaust emissions. Yeah. So that's they're going to be flagging good. you right there. Yeah, yeah, straight away. And they're they're actually pretty good. The ones that I've been going to, they they catch everything. So. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if people can, I, but I often wonder then, because I often see some real trashy vehicles on the road, and I often wonder where are they going, that they're able to get through the inspection, because yeah. clearly they're not going the same place I'm going. Well, certain vehicles have different parameters as well, mm, so they're, they're okay. tested to different standards, classics being a good example, mm. you know, they're not expected, they're not expecting a... Uh, 1965 Mustang to have the same coming out of the back as they are yeah. a, a brand new Mustang. Okay. You know, they, they, they understand the difference and they're tested to different standards. But at the same time, um, they will test it and they'll analyze the exhaust gas. Yeah. Okay. And it's easy for them to see. There's, there's a very simple display, numbers. They know what number they can't be higher than. And if they are, <laughs> goodbye. Yeah, sorry. Go get it fixed. Yeah. And that leaves everyone crying. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Hey, I've got a great one that came through uh, talking about whistling from car windows. Started last year. It's a five-year-old car. Do you think it's the rubbers that are gone? Probably the rubbers have started to shrink, yeah. yeah. Um, depends on the kind of vehicle. Like some of the convertibles, you, you can adjust the window glass. Oh, okay. So maybe it just needs an adjustment uh, sometimes as well. The Is it most of the new cars these days, the window glass can be adjusted? Uh, not on all of them, but if they're convertible, they normally can be. Okay. Um, but yeah, if, yeah. if it's if it's that... Uh, I think it's that Mustang that we were driving. By the way, three guys in a car, first mm. episode is live. Yes. Uh, Google Potaholics with a K if you want to find any of our feeds. iTunes, Google, Spotify, uh, the list goes on and on and on. Podbucket. There's, there's, I think we're, we're located on 10 different distribution channels no at the moment. Yeah. but if you google potaholics with a k you'll come to us because we're the only one yeah we're the <laughs> so, only one we're the only one so it, it it will come up number one and then just go take a look anchor.fm is where we live if you want to find the the home mm. and t- give a listen to potaholics the three guys in a car episode yeah, number one and, and you know what was kind of cool and why i brought that up and a, i just wanted to self-promote shamelessly <laughs> <laughs> but b that vehicle when you got out the when the the windows went down a little bit, so yeah. that when you close the door, then they went up. Yeah, and I have no idea why it did that. Well, what happens is obviously the seal needs to be over the top of the glass uh, so on okay. a, on a on a vehicle that's got. So that's got even though it was a hard top, um, it didn't have a frame door. Yeah, it had like a convertible type, a coupe. It was a coupe, a yeah. coupe door. So GT Premium that one. Yeah. So because the glass doesn't go into a frame. It goes into a seal. Uh, uh, gotcha. It drops down below the seal as you open the handle from inside, so that you're not pushing it against the seal, and yeah. then it closes and then goes back up into its right position. Yeah, which you have to. You can adjust that electronically, mm. um, but uh, you could probably also adjust the position, physical position of the yeah. glass on the mechanism. Yeah. Going back to our three guys in a car review, go listen to it. And uh, what what was fun about that? the pricey was we start off and we're you know windows down as we go through tunnels and just sound galore it was it was spectacular yeah by the end of the drive we've got it in silent mode yeah just enjoying the cruise (laughs) like like a touring car yeah like a grand tour the the whole show is is literally it's it's test drive reviews so we're doing the same review We're, we're taking cars for a drive and there's three of us yourself myself andrew thomas and we we go for a drive and we're doing the same kind of test drive that you would do if you were buying a car. Yeah. So, and, and we're talking about it as we're going, things we like, things we don't like, things that cap- catch our attention. And I, I just thought it was funny by the end of that drive, 
we'd, we'd taken it out of. And, and Andrew, the brand manager over at Ford Middle East mm. for Mustang, he was saying, just keep it in sport the whole time. And, yeah. and we, we couldn't do it. We stopped. Yeah. We had to turn it off. Yeah. But I think we're all old. <laughs> yeah, well, I think a lot of the fact was that was the fact, you know, we had a lot of uh, stop start for traffic yeah. lights, a bit of traffic here and there, roundabout here and yeah. there. So, um, you know, you really... Uh, and, and then again, we were all trying to chat as well. Yeah. So you're trying to just um, be able to hear each other. So it, yeah. it made sense to quieten it down. But again, I I picked up on it to start with, and I think yeah. I think you yeah, and Andrew you, just sort of went, oh, yeah. what's this? <laughs> why is this guy moaning about? And then that you seeded again? that idea, and then we all were thinking but the same way. Yeah, it just made sense, later. didn't it? Because because yeah. to man to cruise in that car when we got on the shake side and just cruise back. Yeah. It's comfortable. It was quiet. beautiful, and you're in a, effectively yeah. a sports car. Yeah, listen to the review. It's it's yeah. fantastic. Three yeah. guys in a car. Google us, Potaholics. Uh, so back to the rubbers mm. on whistling windows. Is it easy? Is it easy to get rubber kits to change? Like if I go to you know if I was at Ford or if I was at, you know let's let's talk Jeeps or mm. you know talk Volkswagens, whatever we're driving. Is it easy for me to go to the agency and say okay I need the rubber kit for my left window or do they sell it in a, a package for all most the of the most of the sales are available on. on on the vehicles that are sort of within the last five or six years. Okay. Uh, they won't carry stock for too many of the older ones, but they'll be able to order them. All right. These parts aren't going obsolete, um, but they do shrink yeah. uh, and, and you will start to get wind noises. So it's definitely worth doing uh, a bit of an investigation on that. And yeah, they're, they're normally quite easily available. The, the thing to remember is just, you know, if you're going to have a go at fitting them yourself, just make sure you know what you're doing and be very, very attentive to what you're taking off yeah. and how you take it off because inside the rubber to give it its shape is is like a, a, a thin sort of metal band which mm-hmm. allows it to be, maintain its strength and rigidity and hold its shape um, but if you kink and bend that it can pierce the rubber right um, and then you got to buy another kit and if you've then taken that seal off and you know in, on the face of it the one that you've got looked right you then put it down on the floor and put the new one next to it and think oh wrong yeah you know the fasteners where it goes into the body are in different places or it's yeah. slightly too short or slightly too long then you can't put your old one back on so just be very careful make sure you know what you're mm. doing when you take it off but they're they're readily available for most vehicles even you can even get the kits for the classics and okay. stuff you just need to know to the right places yeah. to go because those are things that they do they do go whether it's here yeah. or you know in north american europe you know hot cold hot cold hot cold yeah who knows what's coming out of yeah. the rain you know, we talk, you know, there was that whole period back in the 80s, acid rain, they were talking about. And you actually still notice that with garden furniture. Acid rain, yeah. You know, anything with styrofoam, leave it out in the rain, and the next thing you notice is pockmarks <laughs> yeah, in it after. You know, yeah. It's like, what happened here? Yeah. The garden furniture is the one I yeah. always notice with people. It's been out in the rain for too long. And then, you know, that was the big thing in North America, the acid rain. Mm. And uh, your garden furniture would be destroyed after two seasons. And mm. it wasn't smooth anymore. And yeah. Like, well, what the heck's going on? It's only been rained on. Yeah, it's in the rain. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's right. It's um, it's certainly uh, the the ultraviolet here. Oh, that's is the bigger thing. You yeah, know, the, the constant just sunshine. That, no, I, you know, I actually covered my cars now since I got binged, dinged for the paint job with the clear coat coming out. So now over long periods of time, I have a shade part and I have a non-shaded part, but yeah. if my vehicles are just sitting at home, I put a cover on it. Yeah. And it's simply to, to protect it from the sun and yeah. sand. Cats. And, and, well, so here's a great story. I'm sitting outside a Sandance tire this morning, mm. you know, piggybacking on your Wi-Fi, mm. and I hear this clunk on my car. Turn my head over. There's a cat oh. in my car, jumped in the car. Because, of course, I'm driving the Jeep without windows. Not scared. And it was no a fear. tiny little cat. And I'm just going, I look over and say, what are you doing? Jump back out. <laughs> 
<laughs> no fan. So, uh, you know, stop two was we will fix it. I put the side windows in. They went back in <laughs> quick. I'm thinking, yeah. oh, yeah, in my luck, because it was a kind of a mangy looking cat. So, you know, I thought, mm. oh, great. All the mangy cats are going to be looking for a little cushion in the Jeep. Yeah. I don't need that. Mm. My biggest fear would be I get in and I'm driving and then the cat wants out. <laughs> it could happen. Yeah. That's not pretty. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can you just picture it? No. Oh, man. Yeah, but, that's yeah. not pretty. But it was kind of a shock because I heard this clunk and I didn't know what the, what the heck is that clunk sound. <laughs> There's a the cat. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, I remember when I was at, uh, I was at college and we had a, we used to run the workshop as like a, a free workshop just as part of our training and people could bring their cars in if yeah. they wanted. There was a lady that came in and said um, she could never hear it, but her husband claims that whenever he's driving the kids to school, there's a real bad squeak from the rear suspension. Um, she's driven the car and with the kids in, without the kids in, she's never really noticed it. So could we have a look at the suspension for her? So we had a quick look at the suspension. Couldn't see anything wrong. And, and we're all like, you know, trainees, apprentices yeah. and stuff like that. And we're doing it and uh, having a look around, no idea. So, we asked the lady, well, the tutor asked the lady if it would be okay as we keep it as a bit of a case yeah. study and we, we and then the tutor will take us through the motions of what yeah. you would do in the real-life situation. It was a real-life situation and she just wasn't paying. Yeah. So she was happy with that and uh, we gave her a little loaner and away she went. Yeah. And then, so we we do the whole, this is what you do and the logical process yeah, and all yeah, this. Yeah. First thing to do is go drive in the back. Uh, not entirely legal, but put someone in the boot. All right. So someone's in the in the boot in the trunk, and go drive. There is a release latch in in boot, yes, so which is yeah. nice to know. So go over these uh, speed bumps and and oh. on the, on, you know. Did the guy have a helmet or you know? And see if you can hear anything. So the guy goes in there. Luckily, I was far too big for that job, so I didn't have to do that. And and he comes back. Yeah, I can hear it. It's a squeak, but it doesn't sound like it's the suspension. It sounds like it's inside the car, like the seats touching something. Yeah. Okay, so we take the seats. So we go to take the back seats out, and there's a. Uh, dog toy <laughs> between where the seat folds still got the tag on it still got the label brand new um, so we're thinking okay so it, and then we, we call the lady and say look we've, we've found a squeaky toy between the, the backrest and the base of the seat which was making a noise when we were driving it could this be the noise she was like maybe so she comes in, takes the toy back, and she calls us back and says, yeah, yeah, that was the noise. <laughs> so what that happened is they'd taken the dogs to the kennels or yeah. something while they were going on holiday and put a load of stuff in the back and bought some food and new toys and yeah. stuff for them to go. And they'd let the seats down to do it. And then as they pulled the seats back up and they'd not noticed it, it trapped this toy. <gasps> and it was squeaking. And if she'd have gone to pay for that, for someone to fix that. Could you that, imagine? How Could bad would that have been? Yeah. 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 And um, yeah, so... Uh, Pets and, and cars don't always yeah. give you the, the best outcome, I'm yeah. afraid. Yeah, Glenn, I think we're going to wrap episode yeah. number cool. 17 of the Car Clinic. I know you got to go back to work. We came to you this episode from the Rove Hotel downtown Dubai. Uh, the Rove is the place to hang out. And by the way, they've got a cinema here. Real cinemas, yeah. <laughs> 50-seater, but it's got a, a massively big screen. You can get all the beverages you want to, to watch films, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. And you're, you're listening to Podaholics, Car Clinic, Glenn Power, Sandance Great Tar, stuff. James Pikeway. We'll talk to you again real soon. Thank you. You've been listening to the Car Clinic, a Podaholics podcast with Glenn Power from Sandance Tire and myself, James Pikeway. If you want to send us an email, podaholics with a K at gmail.com. Find us on our socials. That's Podaholics with a K. Share the link. 
Share the podcast. We'll talk to you again really soon. So long for now.